practice of conversation in English, German, Russian, and Arabic, and picked out at least a dozen different national uniforms. He recognized politicians from Paris, Toulouse, and Bordeaux, mostly conservatives, but with a scattering of socialist mayors and ministers from the government in Paris. Whenever Bruno spotted them gathering in their usual partisan clumps, they always seemed to defer to a stunningly attractive blonde woman whom Bruno had just met, the patriarch's daughter-in-law, Madeleine, who was acting as hostess. She had given Bruno only a cool smile of welcome while shaking his hand perfunctorily in a way that moved him on to her husband next in the receiving line. Beyond the formal garden of the chateau, the fields to the right sloped gently away to the Dordogne River, and the grazing Charolais cattle upon them looking as if they had been carefully posed in place. To the left, between two ridges that were covered in trees turning gold and red, one of the lazy curves of the Vézère River glinted in the autumnal sun. Even the weather, Bruno thought, wouldn't dare to spoil the ninetieth birthday of such a distinguished son of France. This must be one of the finest views in the country, the Red Countess said from her wheelchair. Our own view is pretty good, but that church spire on one side of the river and the ruined castle on the other give this one something that is almost perfection. Marco bought it for a song, you know. I was with him when he first saw this place and decided to buy it. I think it helped that my own chateau was close by. She paused, smiling. Marco was one of my happier affairs. It lasted longer than most. Where did you meet him? asked Marie-Francoise, the Countess's American-born heiress. Just out of her teens, she was looking fresh and enchanting in a simple dress of heavy blue silk that matched her eyes. Her French, once halting but improved by private coaching and by her time at the University of Bordeaux, was now fluent. I met him in Moscow, where he was a star. It was the Kremlin reception after Stalin's funeral and Marco looked magnificent in full-dress uniform. Everybody knew him, of course. Our ambassador was put out that Marco was given precedence over him. Khrushchev came up to embrace him. Apparently they'd met somewhere on the Ukrainian front after the Battle of Stalingrad. She looked up at her great-granddaughter and gave a gleeful smile that made her look younger than her years. I'll never forget those frosty glances from the other women present when Marco came up to give me his arm. Mon dear, he was a handsome beast. He still is in his way. Bruno followed her gaze to the double doors leading into the chateau where the man known across France as the Patriarch was still receiving his guests. He stood erect in his beautifully cut suit of navy blue, the red of his tie matching the discreet silk in his lapel that marked him as one of the Légion d'honneur. His back was as straight as a ruler, and his thick white hair fell in curls onto his collar. His jaw was still as firm as his handshake, and his sharp brown eyes missed nothing. They'd looked curiously at Bruno as he'd first appeared pushing the wheelchair, but once Bruno was introduced by the Red Countess as the local policeman who had saved her life, the patriarch's eyes had crinkled into warm appreciation. That is the magic of this woman.
the old man had said in the voice of a much younger man, and he bent to kiss her hand. She always finds a knight-errant when she needs one. Colonel Jean-Marc Desay, the patriarch, had been honoured as a war hero in two countries with the Grand Cross of the Légion d'Honneur and the Gold Star and Red Ribbon of a hero of the Soviet Union. The first had been presented by his friend, Charles de Gaulle, and the second by Stalin himself at a glittering ceremony in the Kremlin. Like most French boys, Bruno knew that the Normandie Neiman squadron of French pilots flying Soviet-built yak fighters had shot down more enemy aircraft than any other French unit. It had been the second highest-scoring squadron in all the Russian Air Force, shooting down 273 enemy planes. Twenty-two of these had been downed by Marco, then a dashing and handsome young man whose bold good looks were featured constantly in the Soviet...